0: Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Second Helpings. We are excited that you have joined us today. We have a new pastor up at the desk. We have not a new pastor. You're one of the oldest pastors we've had. One of the oldest serving pastors we've had. That wasn't that wasn't ageism.
1: Amen. <laughs> the oldest, so, so we're clear. Right. I, I, I will uh, embrace it.
0: That's right. Um, better with age, right? Yeah. Like a fine wine. So anyway, Pastor Ken is joining us great because case. Pastor Ken delivered the message that we had this past week. Um, I am Pastor Zach, joined by Pastor Pat over here. Um, and excited about that, Ken. And we were just talking beforehand. I think a really great question to start off with and to point out is we're not currently preaching from a book, verse by verse we typically do. Um, right now at the moment, we're doing some ad hoc, you know, one-off messages. Mm-hmm. Why did you pick the text that you picked um, for the Sunday?
1: Well, it all goes back to when I was in college um, in a chapel speech, one of the, the, the dean of students who was also a coach, uh, he delivered this uh, lesson on and used this passage, primarily used the part where it was... Um, But I press on to take hold. Uh, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. And he preached this lesson on, uh, you know, no matter how bad you were, no matter how much sin you did, you need to press on and look forward because that's the only way you're going to gain the prize. And that resonated with me because I had just become a believer and had not lived a a good life prior to that. Mm -hmm. And um, that was that was interesting to me and exciting to me and, and, and inspiring to me. So then fast forward a few years later, I'm doing youth ministry, and I thought, oh, I'm going to do this lesson for the kids. And so I sat down to read it in context, which (laughs) they taught me to do. And as I'm reading it in context, I go up here to the verse four, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised the eighth day, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, I'm looking at that and I'm going, those all sound like pretty good things. Indeed. And then I went down and I realized, verse seven, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. Well, wait a minute. I'm. He's talking about his successes, all the things that he could be resting on. He considers it garbage. And then he says, not that I've already obtained all this, forgetting what is behind. Oh, my goodness. He's forgetting his successes and all the things that he could boast about. That was the stuff behind him. And I'm here taking this lesson that this coach was teaching, thinking I need to forget the bad sin that I've committed and press on towards doing good things that God's going to be happy with. Which was feeding into the very thing that Paul was preaching against. <laughs> it was exactly the opposite. Know. And I went, oh, this is wrong. And so actually I, I came up with a really cool lesson for those kids. Uh, have you ever played that baseball game that I do with the cards? I took the Guatemala. I don't know if you did it. Right. I, I d- designed a game. Uh, it was based on baseball cards. And you everybody gets a bunch of baseball cards and a bunch of money at the beginning. And each baseball card has a value. And then you go nine seasons and each season you roll dice to see if the if the particular card the player that you have if his value goes up or if it goes down and so it's like playing the stock market through this thing and i had all these kids playing that game and at the end i said okay what are your gains what are your losses and i was able to play off oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, you know yeah. on this this that whole thing sense. of gain it's kind of like the
0: and loss was in the scripture. Yeah. 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 yeah
1: yeah whatever it was to my gain was actually a loss so I took all their money away. No, <laughs> no, no. no, that's where that came from. And, you know, I, I guess I enjoy being a stick in the mud and taking passages that are misunderstood and misapplied and applying them in what I believe is the proper way through what we all have said before. Never read a Bible verse. Yeah, when you read yeah, one yeah. verse out of context, you're always going to find yourself.
2: Man, real quick, before we focus on this text, because I know we want yeah. to, because that's what you spoke on. The basic thrust of the dean/slash coach's message some many years ago was spot on biblically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but not from this text. Wrong text. Yeah, we yeah. are to forsake the old man and yeah. put on the yeah. new man and fight against sin and seek to be more like That's Christ. A good point. Yeah. yeah, but none of that is to make us right with God justification wise. Yeah. We yes. are made right with God through the work of the, fa- the son in whom we simply trust and rest. Yeah. And so all that stuff that could have qualified Paul
1: as God's main guy was rubbish to him because he's resting in Christ. Yeah. Well, see, unfortunately, and I know the theology of, of that coach, mm-hmm. his was that scale. Indeed it was. Yeah. And he he said, okay, if you've got this scale that looks like this right now, that the the sins that you did and and I was one of those. Yeah. All the sins that you've committed in your life and you've only done a few really good things in your life because you haven't really been a believer that long. So you only have a few things over here. If you just forget about those and don't worry about those and just add more here, eventually you're gonna win the prize. That was basically what he was saying, which is that's Totally the opposite of what Paul is saying,
0: which is likely to probably taking your what you want to teach anyway, then finding a text for it, which is what happens happens all
1: the times. And unfortunately, and it it was, it's funny because the book that we were using one of the, for the, for the, in, when I was in youth ministry, the book, one of the lessons was on this passage Mm -hmm. and it was misapplied like that. And That's very to uh,
2: Norman Vincent Peale slash Robert Shuler, who rewarmed it, you know, 20, yeah. 30 years later, the, yeah. the power of positive thinking. Just yeah. forget that old bad stuff yeah. and yeah. focus on the good. And you just try to please the Lord and 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 you'll be good. You know, yeah. you rub his back, so to speak, and you rub yours.
0: yeah, yeah. It's important also highlights that, like, you really do need to know scripture. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you need to know it deep, but you just at least have a yep. cursory understanding of something when people are talking mm-hmm. to you. Because there's a reality. If you want to find something in the Bible... You probably can't. Oh, absolutely. Like whatever it is. But that's why we do typically do a verse-by-verse understanding of what Mm -hmm. we're going through and we're allowing the Word to tell us what we're going to emphasize, what we're going to teach, and what Mm -hmm. we're going to preach. That doesn't mean that when we do these one-off kind of things, well, there's tons of work you did, I'm sure. You know, I'm preparing for a message in two weeks. There's tons of work I'm doing that nobody Mm -hmm. will ever see and it won't come out. So we do that, and it's a responsibility. But just for anybody, if they go to another place at some point or they're being Mm -hmm. um, influenced by people outside of, you know, our fellow really pay attention to how somebody is using the text and Indeed. let that really uh, you know, carry the way that or influence the way that um, you put the weight behind what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the text.
1: And, and there's another kind of stick in the mud reason, if you want to go there, um, is that uh, especially in preparing students to do mission work and to preach on the streets um, in the training, I'm always discovering a real deficiency in the understanding of a lot of people of what the gospel really is. Mm -hmm. Uh, We tend, and I think, I guess it's just human nature. It's our fallen nature. We tend towards this concept of doing religion Mm. and um, embracing Jesus because he's going to help you to do better at religion. Mm. Uh, And Jesus is going to enhance your life. Mm. And people don't really understand the gospel. Maybe they get it. Maybe they get that they're not um, sufficient, that Jesus has to be their satisfaction. But then when they preach the gospel to people, they're mm. not preaching that. Mm. They're preaching, mm. you need to try Jesus because he's going to make your life better. You need to try Jesus because he's going to help you be a better person. And they are betraying the very thing that they are embracing. Yeah. And you hope maybe that that person will be attracted by that life enhancement gospel and come in and really hear the gospel but that's not what was done in the book mm. of acts that's not how jesus did it it's it's a uh, it's deficient
0: yeah that's a really good point i think mm-hmm. that and that we're living in an effects of a world and a christianity for decades and decades it's been so influenced by that now that sometimes it's even present when you don't you don't even realize it's yeah. there right it's mm-hmm. just so implicit um, because there is and this, I mean, we're talking about, um, you know, Paul here, this is, there's a call to suffering from a guy who also talks about, you know, Romans eight eighteen that I don't consider these present sufferings worth comparing to the glories that are being revealed to mm-hmm. us in Christ Jesus. Yeah, it is. The, the Christian life is not all puppy dog tails and roses, right? But it is worth it. It is totally worth it. And he's saying, I had all this stuff that was great. And it is not worth comparing to what's going to come in the future. And isn't that like the
2: the main point you even started the sermon with on Sunday, right? You went to verse one. You're like, hey, the the key word's in there. And it says, uh, rejoice, rejoice. And then you went on to define that. I didn't write it down, but how did you talk about the word joy in regards to it versus in contrast
1: with happiness? Yeah, I mean, most people look at rejoice in the Lord and they just see that as a pithy statement. And I likened it to a Bobby McFerrin song. That was one of my 80s um, references. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah, oh. don't worry, be happy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, nah, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. And it, it is meaningless unless you really understand what paul is saying he's not just saying be happy it's not he's not telling you to suppress your your understanding of the realities of this world and just be happy correct he's saying Get with the reality of the world. The reality of the world is what Jesus has done for you. And you need to put your satisfaction in that rather than in yourself, because the reality of the world is that what you do Mm -hmm. and who you are is insufficient to stand up to God in his wrath. You know, when you face God in judgment, he is not going to look at you and say, "Okay, well, yeah, you've got more on this side of the scale than that. There's no scale. He's going to look at you one sin is worthy of his wrath. And praise be to God that I am not going to stand before him and have to count sins or merits or anything. I'm going to say, Jesus, he took his righteousness and put it on me and took my filth and put it on himself, paid the price, Mm -hmm. and then resurrected from the dead to to defeat that once for all. That's the gospel. That's right. And that's the message. And if we're not understanding that, we don't that's have right. joy. Yeah. And and so that's the difference between joy and happiness. I can be incredibly sad. I can be suffering. I can be um, grieving mm-hmm. and yet rejoicing at the yeah. same time. And, you know, we got people in our church right now who are going through massive amounts of grief oh, yeah. and suffering, yet they're joyful. And joyful doesn't always look like, you that's know, correct. happy. So upbeat yeah. and skipping yeah. around. Yeah. Happiness is a a smaller circle within the larger circle of joy Yeah, and sadness and grief and all these other things within joy. Now you can do happiness and grief and all outside of joy. Yeah. And you're going to be like this. Yeah. You know, up and down.
0: It's it's fleeting. Right. Right. Yeah. That's and there's even a sense in which. Uh, your capacity for joy, I'm not saying that you should seek suffering, but there is a sense in which joy, the capacity for experiencing that is actually magnified in suffering. Yeah. Like when you go through those tumultuous times, you go through a loss or something that's very difficult. There's this, this, um, interaction with the Lord that maybe you didn't have under those other circumstances. So it, it's something that I just think we got to rewire the way that we think completely. I was, I really appreciate what we you're talking about the, this. I love this verse, um, And it was hard because that I was responsible for getting up and leading worship and I wanted to preach a message about how corporate worship afterwards. Because our, not everybody knows this, you know, if you're in the corporate worship ministry, but our little tag phrase for what we do is called exaltation for exaltation, all right, we call it X for X. So the idea of exaltation being we exalt God, everything we do in the corporate worship service, we're trying to magnify and lift up the name of God most high mm-hmm. so that we would exalt over him. And to exalt over God is to rejoice Correct. in who he is, yeah. to have joy in That's his right. very nature. Now, when you think about it in that sense, it kind of clears up that happiness thing because your joy is not contingent upon your experience. It's contingent upon the very nature of God and his character and understanding who, who he, is. he is. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. does not go away, yeah. right? Then all your systematic, it's really important, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> systematic theology does result in worship and praise. Indeed, <laughs> in this exactly. passage alone,
2: uh, Paul uses the word knowing twice, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. And then in verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And then two verses outside of your message, Kim, but still in the same chapter, he says, let those of us who are mature things think this way and if you think otherwise may God reveal that to you also. The point is we have to fill our mind up with certain content. Yeah. The reality of who this God is, who his son is, and who his spirit is, what he has done, and that leads then to our praising of him. I always get exalt and exalt, yeah. confused. Yeah, I'm or not confident so to say much. it right now. So yeah. you can <laughs> me out for a little bit. As we praise him and list his manifold excellencies, it can do we should not be able to do anything other than rejoice and praise him. Yeah. Even if we're grieving the loss of something or oh, someone yeah. or go. Going through um, um, a sickness, or our job is tenuous,
1: or our kids walking away from the faith—whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, and that's why I made the point that rejoicing, rejoicing is a rational exercise, yeah, yeah. as opposed to happiness and just being happy. Is mm-hmm. like you force yourself into an emotional state, yeah. and I think a lot of people do that. They they think that's what they think faith is. Faith is okay. Everything around me says no. My, my uh, Everything of that that informs my mind says no, but I'm going to believe this anyway because it's going to make me happy. Yeah. And I've seen that and you become deluded. Yeah. You become jaded almost too and, and accepting just about anything as long as it feels good. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you should – Totally cut out the emotions at all, but th- it has to be a rational enterprise. You have to be using your mind, as Pat says. You got to be thinking about what you're what what is going on around you and making the logical or proper um, analysis of the things that are real and what is truth yeah. and what is not. Or else you're going to be living in a fantasy world, and we know people who do that. They're they're deluded people. They're they you 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 meet them all the time. You said that person's not thinking yeah. crazy. They're in a fantasy world.
2: Yeah. But even though that joy is uh, what you said logical, and what was the other word you used
1: rational? An, an rational. Ale- yeah, yeah, rational. rational.
2: It does not mean though that it's devoid of experience and or emotion either. Oh yeah. Because we look through the Book of Psalms, and the Psalms are just. Quite literally erupting with praise and um, exuberation over who Christ is, David's like, I'm like a like a deer pants for water. I yeah. long for you, yeah. And so there's great emotion as well. It's not simply a Spock version, shall we say? You yeah. Know, uh, Mr. Spock well, version of that's a really good point though because I
0: to so both ends. I, I was talking to my recently about this kind of there's this. Kantian, this Emmanuel Kant idea that if you enjoy doing something, now it is no longer morally good. Yeah. Right. Like the yeah. idea that you can't enjoy it. That remove like the idea that Christ enjoyed none of his sufferings or something, and that was somehow the, the moral good. Except which we, Hebrews doesn't say that. <laughs> Hebrews, yeah. I mean, he endured the cross for the joy, joy. set was before forth. I mean, he says, "I come so that your joy may be complete. complete."
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I want you to joy right now, and it's me, yeah. y'all. Yeah. So get on the program and start learning
1: and following me.
0: Yeah. So for clarity, we're not anti-happiness. No, we're just saying. Maybe you're not understanding what happiness, like it's it's real role. I kind of think
1: of um, when you're enamored, when you're a kid and you that that first time you get that hormone surge that and you see a girl for the first time that is or a guy, if you're a girl Mm -hmm. and you see that person of the opposite sex and that you start getting these feelings Mm -hmm. of of um, longing for that person. They're irrational. It's based on hormones yeah. generating. It's, and, and you think, oh, I'm in love. Maybe you never and, even talk to the person. Yeah, never, you don't even know this person. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: They call it puppy love because puppies are stupid. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and so that's, a, that's kind of what's going on here. And what I see in a lot of people who interpret this is just be happy. Yeah. It's like you need to just generate this feeling for Jesus that is based on nothing yeah. it's just because
0: we say be happy yeah i said th- ex- mm-hmm. i explained before to somebody i was um or to a number of people read joy is a reaction to what you know yeah right mm-hmm. so it's breakdown. happiness is a reaction to a set of circumstances in general right mm-hmm. it's an emotional response right. to that now the reality is as your joy grows your knowledge grows That Mm -hmm. will impact your reaction to circumstances. That's correct. So you should, you will go in happiness, but ironically, I find in my experience, I don't have a chapter and verse for this, but I find it in my experience, testimony of other brothers and sisters, happiness might seem less euphoric to an outsider as your joy and knowledge of God grows. But that doesn't mean that your experience with it isn't the same like that's right i don't i don't express joy maybe the same way i did when i was 19 years old Mm in this on fire fire brimstone preacher out in the courtyard at college or something you know um but i feel like my happiness is much more abiding and enriching oh yes beautiful and in fact the word
1: blessed makarios Mm. in greek means happy it means happy and and jesus walks through an entire litany of things That if you understand these things correctly, you will be happy. And it's so he's even going beyond joy to the happiness part that you will be content. Mm -hmm. You will actually find an emotional connection to me, Jesus saying to me, you will find an emotional connection with God. You will be satisfied in an emotional sense if you do these things, if you mourn correctly, if you... Um, hunger and thirst after righteousness, all the various things that yep. he says in the Beatitudes. Yeah, which and, is
0: why I want to take that moment to punch Emmanuel Kant in the face and just say, you're wrong. Okay? Indeed. <laughs> there is and, a deep emotional abiding richness that happens in your understanding and walk with the Lord.
2: There is, and it's one of the very attributes of the Godhead itself, uh, the blessedness of God. It's yeah. one of his attributes to go along with his sovereignty and his justice and righteousness. So what was it like pre-creation, pre-existence? Scripture gives us some hints, but there's this blessed interaction yeah. between the mm-hmm. father and the son the trinity there was no lack there was no deficiency there was no want of anything it was out of the overflow yeah. of the joy and happiness and blessedness the father son and spirit had with one another that they decided we we're going to do this thing yeah. Yeah. called creation yeah. and fall and redemption and restoration so it's it's the very essence of who god is and yeah. and, and it's one of those communicable attributes mm-hmm. that he shares with us
0: mm-hmm. That's one of those things that I think if you're a brother or sister that struggles and you're like, I hear you guys talking about happiness and joy, that seems like a foreign concept to me, and you might be holding on, understand that that is our destiny, so to speak. That is the There will be eternal happiness. right. No crying, no pain. No, I mean, I take that back. My kids corrected me on this once. They said, well, sometimes you cry when you're happy. I said, oh, well, I guess right. there'll be a lot of crying <laughs> that's too. Right. That's right. right. <laughs> uh, but it'll yeah. be, those will be happy, happy tears.
2: So. And then that's something that you should meditate upon right now to help you endure yes. what you're going through. Yeah. In fact, that's what Christ did. As it said in Hebrews, for the yeah. joy set before him, endured the cross. And so, um, I've been in seasons where I was taken away from this country and all my friends, and I thought I wrecked my family. I've been in seasons where God took my last $8,000, I had zero dollars in the bank with a family of seven. Yeah. Was I happy? No. Yeah. But was I trusting in God more? Yeah. And as I saw him minister to me and my family, my joy in him did increase, not on the flip side yeah. when it was resolved, but during it because I was experiencing him there with me and my family. Yeah. And because I was looking not just to him then in the present, but what was to come. And I'm still alive, so I'm still looking forward to what will come.
0: Yeah, I, you mentioned you talked about a little bit of the message, but like, do you think that's why he says it twice? Like they double down. Uh, the rejoicing rejoicing. I got no he problem says saying it a lot to of you times. again. Yeah, right? yeah. Because um, that's uh, the point I was going to make. In a lot he doesn't of letters, say it obviously. Times. Yeah. Too. Like he beats that drum over and over. Yeah,
1: and over. I, I made the point that he's. It's not a problem for me. to In, in other words, it's not. Um, it's not a burden for me to say it again. It actually helps you. It's a safeguard. So, I think he says it over and over is because, like I said, we have a tendency to rejoice in ourselves. We have a a tendency to rejoice in ourselves, especially when we are able to create um, circumstances of happiness for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm able to work and make a lot of money. I'm able to um, piddle in my yard and make pretty... Flowers grow and tomatoes and different things. And that brings me happiness. And so when I do that, I I have a sense of accomplishment. All those things feed into this. If I'm thinking about that and and this is my home, that this I am so in love with this world and this life,
0: I'm not really rejoicing in the Lord. Absolutely. It's the danger of the lesser. Yeah. Like there can be – and it, it doesn't make those things innately bad. Oh, that's correct. But no. But like – in any scenario, if you're talking money and somebody said you can make this kind of investment, and get this kind of return, but if you make this kind of investment, you'll get this kind of return, right? Somebody goes, Oh, well, let me do the second. But for some reason, when it comes to joy, the commodity is not as viable to us, right? Or it just doesn't connect for us. We think it's not well, as instantaneous. This is, this is good enough, yeah, right? It's mm-hmm. almost like being satisfied on welfare or something, yeah, it takes care of your needs. But you could have – of your needs, not your needs. Right. <laughs> it could take care of – you could have abundance, right? That joy yeah. that is complete. That but that's, is complete. that's another argument Paul
2: offers up in the passage you're going to preach on. Don't yeah. conform to this world but be renewed by the transformation of your mind. So we've got to continue to transform our minds so we're not so easily stopping on the lesser, on the gift and not letting it uh, be a conduit to take us to the giver. When I eat my breakfast somewhere I thank you, God, for this food. May it satisfy me, and may it take me to savor Christ more as I enjoy my eggs and sausage. Eggs and sausage are good. They're morally neutral, but but they can become sinful. Or your gardening, or the money that you and I make, or whatever the case may be, they should be conduits taking us to him. So we got to learn to think that way, Paul's passage in Romans 12. Yeah.
1: So I have a question
2: for you, so oh, okay. like you guys oh, ponder oh,
1: with me. Okay. This wait, is, wait, hold on now. We didn't, yeah, we didn't preach. We didn't, we didn't have this in the pregame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I got a question, and, and this is one that I pondered. I didn't really get a chance to 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 explore this because I ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken mm-hmm. hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize mm-hmm for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus i made the point that paul's desire was to press on towards glorifying god in his life and his suffering understanding the power of the resurrection to overcome sin mm-hmm. over uh, uh, understanding participation in his sufferings to become like him in his death but then he says in verse 11 and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead twice there Paul seems to be really saying that his overriding goal is getting that resurrection body. Hmm. And is that, does that contradict what we always say about God receiving glory and the ultimate reason why, you know, what is the, what is the purpose of man is, you know, the, is for glorify God, glorify God and enjoy him forever. If my goal is, I want that glorified body. I'm aiming. I press on towards that goal of that glorified body, that resurrection from the dead. Am I short-circuiting the glory of God in Well, I think if this were the sum total
2: or the culmination of his argument, the guy did write 13 letters. So, we yeah, have yeah. a lot of other yeah. things for context yeah. to help flesh this one out. Well, 12 yeah. other letters, 13 total. But um. I don't think that's what the sum total of his argument is, because we even see it in this passage. He wants Christ. Uh And the resurrection body is just simply proof that um, I have him. And I think this is kind of more. I thought you were going to go a little bit differently with this mean. This is this uh, undermining perhaps the, the doctrine of the perseverance and preservation, however you want to look at it, of the saints? Mm, no. But I would say, no, this is just along with this other passage where it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He wants to run in such a way that he's confident that he will get the resurrection body, or put another way, I will get Christ. I will, um, what does he say? I will have achieved the upward call. They're all just um, different ways to say, I want to make much of Christ by living in a way now that brings Him glory, which then will mean I get my my
0: resurrection body, which will glorify Him. Well, because of both of those angles, they're working in concert with one another, right? Yeah, not antithesis. Yeah, and I think that is one of uh, this kind of referring back again to the, I think there's this struggle of thinking that these things are different paths, is every, you cannot glorify God without doing things that will result in your ultimate satisfaction, because they are in concert with one another. Now somebody mm-hmm. goes, well, I think the thing that's in my ultimate satisfaction is, uh, I don't know, doing something terrible, I can't think you're about right. it. Uh, doing heroin. That's what's my ultimate satisfaction. That's fine for you to think that, but you're, you're wrong. wrong right? Yeah, right. The, the idea is that you think that you're setting the standard. The reality is we were made for a purpose. We were made in the image of God to reflect and enjoy who he is. Therefore, there is no satisfaction apart from that. So that in Paul, it's no lasting
2: his, satisfaction because even the writer of Hebrews says the yes. pleasures of sin. Yeah. I like to make sure we get that out there. That's a good sense.
1: fun or we wouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I would say there's an abiding uh, everlasting. But satisfaction. But it is not in your tell. best
1: interest. That is correct. Exactly right. That and I think That's where I'm going mm-hmm. with this is that Paul is saying that it is okay to look to these things as being in your best interest. Because they're not mutually exclusive. They're not they're mutually not exclusive. they opposing. Yeah.
2: We're God, all pointing to yeah, Christ. It, our,
1: the, the, the initial creation was that we were in harmony mm-hmm. and in fellowship with God. And it was in our best interest that He created us that way. He was, He did it. It was a loving act for mm. Him to do that. And it was, it's a loving act for Him to, to save that remnant that we are a part of. Yeah. And it is a loving act for him to reward us with the prize of a resurrection body that will live eternally. And it is it is in our best interest to do all the things and to accept all the gifts and everything that he has arranged yeah. and the way that God has done it. It's in our best interest. Absolutely. So if we're thinking correctly about this, it's it's not selfish in the sense of, all you're doing is thinking about yourself. All you want to do is go to heaven. You don't right. care about anything else. No, from, if I'm if I'm enjoying God in a glorified body in the new heavens and new earth, that God is incredibly satisfied. That is yeah. exactly what He wants. Exactly That's right. exactly yeah. what He wants.
2: That's probably one of the single best line that Piper's ever penned, in my opinion. Yeah. Is God is most glorified in us? Right. When we are when we are, satisfied. are most yeah. satisfied in Him. Yeah. yeah. And if it's in our best interest, and we were designed to live like Him and be obedient to Him, then as we pursue that, it's we're pursuing a selfish gain, shall we say? Yeah. That's which is my best interest, and He's most glorified because I'm fulfilling the very thing that He created and designed me to do.
0: Yeah, which is I, and I would say in in Piper says too is, is going back to an Edwardsian type of thought, which is a, a, a yeah Augustine's the, type of thought, which goes back to the Bible, right? But it's the concept that it's actually if you are to have any duty as a Christian. The duty is actually pursuing your joy. That's right. Because it's inseparable from honoring and glorifying God. I remember years ago talking about the inseparable nature of it. I was counseling a guy about, um, he came to me because he was struggling to be a good husband to his wife. Um, And we were talking about stuff and we had been meeting for a little while and going through stuff. And he says, "Um, we haven't talked about being a better husband at all. He goes, all we keep talking about is honoring the Lord. And I said, (laughs) are you being a better husband? Well, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. You can't not honor the Lord and be a bad husband. I mean, you can. We, we could all probably be better. Yes. But in your pursuit of honoring the Lord, it's like he starts knocking on you and go, oh, by the way, yep. treat your wife this way. That's don't right. do that. Do these kind of things. It's a beautiful pursuit. And I don't want to be so, I say this sometimes and I know people can get exacerbated by it. You go, pursue God, glorify God, and everything else falls into place. That I, I get that there's more to it, but you do need to first realize that is true. That mm-hmm. is a true statement. And now, yes, let's go and let's talk about strategies, and let's talk about things you can do to better honor the Lord, to be able to serve your brothers and mm-hmm. sisters, and all that. But you don't jettison the first part. You Correct. start with that as your foundation, and you build the house upon it. That house doesn't fall. Right. That's, right. That's eternal. Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, so you kind of my question was going to be before you bamboozled you us. Yes. Was going to be because and then Pat had prompted it because he's talking about and I'm preparing a message to be preached and I'm in the cutting stage now. So like I usually, my message is usually like three hours and then it's the chop, 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 chop. Is there anything that you just, you had to chop and you were like, oh, this isn't something I, I could deliver. You, you got to where you needed to be in there.
1: Just jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I praise the Lord. I was able to get through everything. I did rush at the end, but no, I'm not not really. I, I Surprisingly, um, I do usually have a lot yeah. that is left on the cutting floor after I go through this, but um, this this one came came together pretty well. Um, I have the blessing of being able to take a full day off when I prepare my sermons, um, and you know it was it's getting to where okay yeah I feel it in my. Legs, because I have a stand-up desk. I feel it in my legs <laughs> that I have written enough uh, that this is going to go that the right the right amount of time.
0: The reason I asked, I think it's funny, is because you, I know you were using this for the. But I, 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 I,
1: that was not the question you were looking for. You were wanting something much more. No, profound. no, 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 because this is actually,
0: I think about Curly. I think okay. about that yeah. in other circumstances. Larry the Moe one thing, his brother. No, no, no. no the from, early, Curly, the album, that guy. I think about that. Before, I love Jack Palance. Like the, mm. like the, uh, the even the older so movies it's go Pallance back. And not Palance, was, right? I believe it's Palance, I think. Yes. I never saw the movie. Um... It's, it's a good flick. I know, I've heard It's a good it, flick. I don't know if I should say I, that. You now. need been to too watch long. it. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. Pr- every 80s movie I go back and watch, I'm going, ooh.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of sanctification since then. Yeah. Like, we were going to watch Harry and the <laughs> Henderson's, and I've to watch it with the kids. <laughs> and like, they got that kid dropping stuff left and right. I was yeah. like, I did not remember this. But anyway, I think about him because, uh, especially when I was younger, the desire is to exhaust the text, <laughs> right? Like, whenever you go into a text, you're like, I need to preach everything that's here. Yeah, yeah right. And I remember, Curl. It's the one thing. Yeah. So don't be afraid when we do Romans twelve one and two. I got one thing. All right. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do the whole entire book. But I. But the other part to that is whenever you guys hear a message, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you've made this a practice, and I'm, I mentioned this for the, the viewers. Go back and look at the text some more. Mm-hmm. Don't think because you heard a pre- uh, one preacher do a message on it that it's done. That's right. I guarantee you, it's not. That's just wow, the thing You've been about given the word, man. It's yeah, so it's like rich. So appetizer. many layers. Yeah. 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 So stay in it. All right, well, fellas, I, th- I appreciate your time doing this. This is a Indeed. different recording scenario for us. We're we're late night. Uh, now I have like a chair. really late night for me. I have yeah, like a different chair. This is oh, totally jamming yeah, up my jive. Yeah, you can't. So you're not. You can't do both sides of the no. the, the play, right? That's the only thing that made me valuable in, in baseball. My uh, all of my gifting in sports was solely with football, but I could switch hit. It was the only thing that I could do. But other than that, that was a waste of time. So, anyway,
1: don't want to start. I, I didn't picture you as an athlete.
0: It's just, the, oh whoa. man! <laughs> well, I, I wanna say uh, no, we've joked about this before. So the um, I was never an athlete. I was a really good left tackle. <laughs> That is not, but for those things There's don't mean the other that's I mean, right I was really not, good at one thing it's not thing. the skilled <laughs> position. I, not, I love it oh, In football oh,
1: I love that football is like skilled positions the
0: guys and the big boys the quarterbacks yeah. will tell you the most important position on the yeah, field is your blindside yeah, tackle right. so yeah. I'm not saying I won championships but I'm not saying I didn't yeah. <laughs> well, on that note we will say thank you gentlemen thank you viewers for watching uh, we enjoy doing this we hope it's benefiting you if you have any other questions about what we've talked about any past episodes grab one of us grab some of the other pastors we love talking about these things and continuing to dig into the richness of our lord and his Word, so that at the end of the day we can better enjoy and glorify him so until next time we'll see you later